the Train with the Best podcast, episode 71, as we move towards Mark McGuire in 73. Yes, sir. I, I thought about doing the... Uh, just, no, no performance enhancers here, though. No, all this natural. Straight all natural. 70 organic. all natural episodes. Yeah. But the play-by-play <laughs> on Mark McGuire's 70th home run was just like this epic, 70! Yep. And I forgot about it when I did I remember, the those last are the, pod. Those are the moments from my childhood. Like, I remember Cal Ripken when he broke the streak. I remember when Mark Ripken, or, or not Mark Ripken, but I do, Mar- I do remember Mark, Mark Ripken. Mark Ripken Super Bowl. Uh, I do remember Mark McGuire um, doing his thing. So, yeah, those were some of like the... Uh, childhood memories that had come back to me as a young sports fan yeah what a weird time that was <laughs> yeah like someone hitting that many home runs today yeah like people all the alarms imagine what up. would happen to twitter like imagine yeah. like imagine replaying all those events but with twitter there's so many moments this is this is like a random sports talk conversation that happens like this is what we call a june topic yeah there's nothing else there's although, nothing else although it's really moved into like a late july topic because nba free agency dominates june now right but um you know that that time of year where there's nothing to talk about like so it's like who are the best who is the best athletes from a tv movie and- yeah <laughs> stuff like that but yeah. like one of the best ones is what like moment in sports would be the best in the twitter era and I think the undisputed champion is the night of the Bronco race, or the bro- night of the Bronco chase, not race, chase, the O.J. Simpson. That's, but that's not a sports— But uh, remember, you remember, NBA Finals is happening at the same time. That's true. So I don't even know who the sports equivalent now of O.J. Like, who is, who is as famous as O.J. was in 1994? Well, in the sports world now, like you're talking like a LeBron, it would be like a Michael Jordan, LeBron. Level. Michael Jordan and LeBron are way more famous than OJ. OJ was from, I mean, you know better than me. You were probably nation, but I'm talking about worldwide. LeBron is a lot more famous. Oh than yeah, OJ sure. Is. Okay, so like, who's who's a step down from LeBron and MJ? Yeah, it had to be somebody in football. It had to be somebody like Odell Beckham, but or Tom no, Brady but or Aaron it, it has like a, it'd be like Brett Favre. Because retired, oh yeah, but still, retired, yeah. but still like very famous, and everybody knows it'd who he is. But also, like if Brett Favre had been a movie star beyond his uh, his little cameo in something yeah. about Mary. Well, Brett Favre snar- started Snapchat, <laughs> right? I mean, that's that's why Snapchat exists because of Brett Favre, right? That's that's one way to put it. So, I mean, we got to give him some credit for that, that's right? A, that's a weird. <laughs> that was a weird path you took no, to t- get there. Tell me, tell me why Snapchat was invented. I, I'm aware it was for Brett Favre, yeah. right? So, although let's let's not use it to harass people. If you want to send pictures <laughs> that can later be deleted, make sure that the person <laughs> receiving them would like to receive them. Uh, so, so, so my a, daughter asked me the other day, like if she could download Snapchat. I'm like, do you know what Snapchat was invented for? And she said no. So I was like, all right, good. Well, I'm it not ain't puppy filters. You. I'm not going to tell you. Right? It wasn't for those puppy filters and flowers around your head and stuff like that. I mean, those are those are great and all. But <laughs> this this podcast is taking a turn I didn't expect. <laughs> anyway, that's the number one seat. Like the, that night of 1994, July 17th, 1994, yeah. is like the ultimate. And like of the other things, like. Man, there'd be some really good ones. Like the Music City Miracle. Imagine like what Music that would City be Miracle like on Twitter. Music City Miracle would have been good. The night that Chris Webber called timeout when he didn't Ooh. have any would have been good. Um, yeah, there's a lot there. There's a lot there that really would have been good. Um, so that's – just keep sending those in. I've got, now I'm doing a radio show bit, but like other other favorites. I'll yeah. save these for a future July radio show. <laughs> right. uh, at Craig Hoffman, at Trainer Gorez. Um, so today on the pod uh, we want to talk about – 
one of the more amazing success stories I've heard um, is we're, we're sitting here live at, uh, at Onyx at VTFC in Reston, uh, the Northern Virginia location. Uh, for you, you've made your way up through the snow, by the way. Yeah, no. Um, it, I know. I was in Tampa not that long ago. Yeah, Sunny. I'm going back to Tampa in, in a couple weeks, so yeah. can't wait. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm efforting. Um, but you worked with a young woman who yep. had not just a severe injury, multiple severe injuries. Um, knee injuries, all the same area, but multiple things. And you guys with the crew here at VTFC and what you guys are doing with Onyx, we're able to get her back to a place last night that probably, I would say, knowing how you write goals was probably about three quarters of the way down the list. Yeah, I mean. But what that is is still remarkable. I'll let you pick up the story. Yeah, so so Jordan Caniff started last night for the U-17 World Cup team uh, down in Uruguay um, and uh, had a great 60 minutes. Helped her team get out to a two nothing lead, um, and you know, just considering where she's where she was eight months ago, that's just an incredible story for somebody who was literally getting ACL surgery in March to now being able to be get herself ready to try out and make the team in September and then start in November, just eight months after. Um, that's an incredibly fast pace. But I was talking to somebody today, it didn't really feel fast. It felt like we just got a little bit better every day. That's all we all we focused on is, you know, hey, how do we get you better? How do we get you better? Are you ready for what's next? Do we have to hold you back? And if you're ready, let's go. Let's not let's not look at the the charts. Let's not look at, you know, this and that. You know, obviously we want to be careful. We want to be, um, we want to be. I, I don't know. You want to be overly aggressive. Yeah, we don't want to be overly aggressive. We want we want to. We want to consider everything that, that, that they're going through and, and the timetables, but also we're not going to hold you back just for the sake of holding you back because some spreadsheet tells you that you're supposed to do that, right? So, you know, that was that was a big thing, and, and that's always been my approach is you have to train the person and not what the protocol is. Um, and, and we did that every single day. So it, it didn't feel like it. we rushed it, but then you look at the timetable and you say, oh, wow, eight months, that's really fast. I can't believe that we did that, you know? Yeah, to get not just back to the point of starting to train, but back to the point where you can start on a, on a World Cup. Yeah, it's team. not. Yeah, see, this is not this is not eight months and, and we can run on a treadmill for 15 minutes at, at 100 percent body weight. This is she was sprinting her butt off last night and she took on some challenges. She played fearlessly and, you know, it was it was great to see her kind of blur on the tv screen yeah so you guys have partnered onyx with vtfc um virginia therapy uh and fitness center um and the amazing amazing pt team here um i've been lucky enough to get to know a lot of them over the past couple of months i I get treated myself here once a week um by kelly and and but nikki and casey and and all these people here that that are just amazing but you work with larry you work with rich on on a lot of these these um assessments mm-hmm. what makes this assessment process different from the way it's typically done yeah you know what i think that when we start the assessment process and we're doing another one tonight actually for a, an nba g league basketball player who is coming off of injury and we got to get him right um but i think we we always start with a clean slate we we start with no prejudice we don't start with you know, oh, well, this person is a basketball player, so they must have bad knees, or they must have this, or they have must have this or that, or they had uh, a shoulder injury, so it's definitely, impen- like, we, we start out with 
a clean slate. And that's that's quite challenging because you and I have talked about the recency bias. You know, whatever it is that you just studied, you try to pin everybody into that that foxhole or whatever it is. So, you know, to start with a clean slate, Larry does a really good job of that. We, we literally start with a blank piece of paper and start writing everything down. Um, and then him and I come up with a, a plan and a strategy. He finds some things that I would never find. I come up with some strategies on how to implement that back into whatever sport it is that they play, whether it be basketball or football or rugby or soccer. Um, and then we start to bridge that gap. And then the the other the only thing that, that, that I'll say is, you know, when, when it comes to paying attention to detail, and again, whether it's carpentry or, or personal training or whatever, like, not everybody's going to get a chance to play in the World Cup, but everybody should have the chance to be treated like the superstar. They should be, they should get the service that they that they deserve, right? And that means like somebody watching them, looking at them, paying attention to them. You know, we're not you're not going to come into our clinic and get be put on a waiting list where one physical therapist is trying to treat. 10 people at the same time and and they're not even looking at that person right like it's all one-to-one here um everything is individualized and customized and and you get the service that you need yeah and it's something that's very very different than a lot of pt clinics um i was actually talking to kelly about this last night because i've I've never been anywhere else so i didn't realize i think how different this is where you get an hour um you know they do hour sessions here and most of the time it's like yeah, you get an hour, but it's like 15 minutes you're put on a bike and left alone, and then 15 minutes you might get one-on-one with a PT, but typically that's closer to 10. Right. And then you do some exercises that they hand you, and then maybe you get some heat at the end, and then you leave. Yeah, and then you leave. As opposed to an actual hour of treatment by a highly right. trained and skilled physical therapist. And the other thing that we do here, too, is we don't just look at your injury, right? Like with Jordan, it was obviously an ACL, and, and we had to – work our way through that and the PCL and everything else that went along with that. But by the way, if you want more info on Jordan's uh, assessment and, and what she fought through um, VTFC and Chris and um, Onyx, I'm sure all on the Instagram pages, there's, yeah. there's a video of that. But. Yeah, there's a good video of that. But um, I was just talking to somebody today. One of the things that you're going to get here is we're not just going to treat your injury, but we're going to treat the entire body and things that may maybe have led to the injury or things that are going to contribute to re-injuring that that particular body part in the future right so with with jordan and with an acl of course you can't do anything one month after right we, we're still waiting for that osseo integration to, to take place and we're still waiting for that that healing to, to happen so what can we do to to start the process well let's start working on your core let's start working on your posture we don't we don't need a functional need to do that we don't we, we don't even need to stand up. We can sit on a chair, we can we can lie down uh, supine, we can do a bunch of different things and work on shoulder mobility, posture and core strength. And guess what? By the time it's time by by the time you're ready to start doing activities with your knee, we're gonna have a strong core, we're gonna have good posture, which is gonna translate into good movement in the knee. But imagine if you were just sitting there waiting for three, four, five, six months, just waiting for that knee to heal, doing nothing. Now, not only have you not done anything with your knee, but you haven't done anything with the rest of your body as well, especially when it comes to posture. If you haven't done anything with your posture, now, not only was it bad in the first place, but now it's bad and it's weak because you haven't done anything, right? So so don't tell me that like you have to wait three months to start doing your ACL stuff. Like I'm, I'm, I listen to people now. And like I was, I was at a place the other day, and like I just listened to somebody who has no clue what they're talking about, but they act like they're an expert because 
of whatever, right? They read something on Yahoo or, or their daughter tore their ACL or they knew somebody whose daughter tore their ACL and they tried to come back too fast. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I guess you're the expert. But, like, I'm just telling you what I see. And what I see is there are some things that we can do to fill the gaps that is going to make that experience better. Now, I'm not saying that everybody's going to come back and be World Cup ready in eight months, but it's not the same for everybody. And, and to, take, to take that off of the table, and like what I see at PT clinics a lot is people get held back just because like a spreadsheet, t- the spreadsheet tells them to hold them back. Like That's garbage to me. That's not why that person's coming to you. Otherwise, they could have got this off of WebMD or an app or something like that. The Train with the Best podcast is powered by Super Coffee from Key to Life Incorporated. Actually, these days, it's powered by Super Creamer, the newest product from Key to Life Incorporated. That's because I have switched from Super Coffee to Super Creamer. You can get coffee. You make it at home. You can go out to Starbucks or Dunkin' or wherever you get it. Bring your own creamer. It's got the same thing Super Coffee has. It's got protein. It's got MCT oils, which are good for your brain function. It's phenomenal. I'll probably go back to Super Coffee soon. I just wanted to try the creamer. And, you know, it's sitting in my fridge. And so I figured I'd use it. Super Coffee, Super Creamer. Either way, it is the key to life. Founded by three brothers, all of whom were college athletes. I wanted a better way to start their day. They came up with this formula. 10 grams of protein in the Super Coffee. Three per serving of Super Creamer. Filled with MCT oils, too. To make sure that your day runs smoothly. You can get it for 50% off at drinksupercoffee.com using the code TRAINWITHTHEBEST. That's drinksupercoffee.com. Make sure you use the code TRAINWITHTHEBEST. If you can change your energy, you can change the world. That is the key to life. I think one of the things, too, that um, and I think back to Joe, um, Joanna Boyle, yep. uh, and we talked about this a lot with the podcast we did with her, so if you want to go back and find that episode, actually, a year ago, it was a Thanksgiving podcast. That's right. Here we go. Yep. We put it out as a bonus pod, which is like a feel-good story. Um, Joe cried. It was great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what's up, Joe? Um, but, you know, the thing was for her, like, figuring out why she had torn her ACL, not once but twice. Right. And that, that to me is such the difference of just not, fi- not just fixing the injury. Because I think even a lot of times when it's – you know, there's a mechanism of injury that's, that's easily seeable. You know, it's like right. someone gets tackled – um, football tackled or soccer tackled or you know comes down wrong and it's like oh well they got injured because they landed on someone's foot and it's like okay but why can other people sustain and 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 not tear their ACL when that happens uh, and this this person it did and for Joe it was because her glutes didn't fire right. uh, and, and so when you guys started working with Jordan like as much as you can tell like what what are some of the things that you guys really focused on to ensure that this kind of thing doesn't happen again for her. You know, it, it, there's a lot of different reasons why somebody can tear their ACL. There's there's the lack of mobility in the hips, lack of mobility in the ankles. There can be a lack of strength. There can be over over tension, right? There can be you can be too tight and overstrong. So for her, I didn't get to see like exactly what happened on her injury, um, but you know, just looking at her and looking at the type of athlete she is, you know, she's one of those that was probably over tight right like so so there was some overuse and some and some things there that we had to address so being able to balance that out being able to bring her muscles back to the optimal length tension relationship right addressing things like reciprocal inhibition you know those are pretty technical terms but basically just restoring balance and and making sure that 
um, whatever power that she's able to create, that the rest of the body can sustain and maintain that power so that it doesn't become detrimental. What are some of the things that, because you've, you made your name in this industry initially by being someone who helped people come back from torn ACLs. Like that was your, your shooting to stardom, if you will. Um, <laughs> I know you will, you'll, you will reject that uh, yeah. notion, but yeah. um, you know, that's how you started working with a lot of the bigger name people that you do right. and, and that kind of stuff. And, and somewhere an area where you've been really respected. What are some of the things that I don't want to say like, what, what's your secret? You know, like that's, that's the stupid version of the question. I, I but think, like, what, I think what, are the thing, what are the things that, as you started going into this and helping people recover from that specific injury that you did differently than others that you think worked, and maybe some of those things have now become more common practice? I think it has become more common practice. Everybody turn, talks about the return-to-play program. Like, there's return-to-play protocols all over the world now. I mean, and I know that because I've, I've traveled around the world and listened to people talk about the Bridge the Gap program and this and that. And and that's that was the biggest thing that, for me, in the beginning, like, you identified pretty quickly, right? Because you have two boats in the middle of the ocean, right? And this one boat, this is this is all the injured people, the people who are still in rehab, the people who just had surgery, this and that. Well, when you're done with PT, they kick you off of that boat, but now you got to swim to the other boat where you're ready to play. On that other boat are the athletes who are ready to play. They're in game form. They're in game shape. And we've expected athletes to swim off of the injury boat into the game-ready boat. And we've, we were expecting them to swim on their own. And that's been an impossible swim for a lot of people. So what we've tried to do is we, we've tried to identify that there's a huge gap there. We've got to take these people and, and give, them, um, give them a way to, to get back into the game-ready type of shape where they can play. Um, so, so they're ready to jump off of the, the injury boat, but they're not ready for the, the other one yet. And, and there's been no protocol to help them get there. So that was the first thing. But again, like I think sometimes when I look at some of the other programs that are out there that try to do this, it again just kind of goes back to the level of detail that they're paying attention to and the level of service that they're actually trying to, to give to people. Like you can say that you're going to do that and it's a good idea, but then to actually execute it, I think that's where people are, are, are missing a little bit. In what ways? What what are the what's it, the execution difference? And just that it's just the attention to detail. Like you'll say, okay, well, well, these are the exercises that we're supposed to do. Go and do them. No, you got to watch them. You got to watch the exercise, and not just the, the parts that are moving, but the parts that are not moving. So if you're doing a mini band exercise, don't just hand your client. This is what I see all the time. Everybody knows that mini bands are great. So what do they do? They hand their clients mini bands and they say. Here, this is what you do, 20 of these, 20 of these, 20 of these, a bunch of these, and then come come get me when you're after. No, you, you got to be there with your client at least for the few times, for the first few times to point out everything that should be going on in the body and and use internal and external cues and, and all that other stuff. But they should know why you're doing the mini bands, not just, hey, this is this is the warm-up. No, go in there and explain it. And that's just a, a, a one example of some of the things that I'm seeing out there is – you know, these, these exercises, yes, you might be choosing the right exercises, but are your clients or your athletes actually executing them, executing them in the way that they're supposed to? And are they getting out of it what they're supposed to be getting out of it, which is body awareness, muscle firing patterns, you know, all those things, not just, hey, I did three sets. What are some of the ways in which you learned to prepare yourself? Because obviously now it's, it's something you've done a bunch and you've yep. accumulated this knowledge, but as you started... Like, how, how did you get to that initial point where you felt comfortable helping someone come back from that injury? 
Um, I don't know that I even feel comfortable now because it's always it's always going to be a process that that I have to learn every single time, right? Every rehab is different, and and again, this just goes back to the level of service that it takes. You can't say. Oh, yep, this worked. I'm just going to run it exactly the way that I did it with Joanna Boyles and exactly the way I did it with Jordan Kenneth. Like, you can't do that. It has to be a clean sheet every time. So there always is going to be a process of um, learning, learning about that client, learning about what their schedule is like, learning about the team that they have around them. You know, those are all part of the process. It's not just, well, these exercises worked for this person, so they're going to work for you, and here's what you got to do. Here's how many sets and reps to do, and here's what days to do them. That's that's not a program. Understood. What about your toolbox, though? That's kind of what I'm after. Like, mm. what, how, how did you how did you get? Because it's one thing to say, "Oh, I'm not comfortable," and there's no there's no plan, and, and I create it. But like, you have to have the tools in your toolbox to be able to create that plan. You have to know, okay, if this client has this, that's a little bit different. That that means I need to adjust, and I need to we need to try this. Right. So how do you how did you but essentially, how did you learn I think what it takes? One of the things that I always loved about Mike Boyle is he broke it down really simple. He said, one, don't be an idiot, right? Rule number one. Don't be an idiot. Like, Actually, that, no. Rule number one is do no harm. Rule number two, don't be an idiot. That's, that's kind of rule number one-ish. Like, rule number one, do don't no be harm. An rule idiot. number one A, don't be an idiot. Yeah, that's that, that was that's a big one, right? Like, Don't like go that. out there and try to try to be stupid i mean that was that's another thing too is like don't go out there and try to prove that your acl recovery program is the best and that you're going to publish this and this and that like this is not what that's about it's about helping that client so for me it's like don't be an idiot with this client and then find everything that hurts and find everything that doesn't hurt and do exercises that don't hurt that, that that really is it. It's not it's not that complicated. Like, okay, does this hurt? Cool, we'll stay away from that. Does this hurt? No. Okay. Well, we can challenge that a little bit, right? So, if I it, there's so many different ways we can challenge a, a person in their strength, right? It can be pure force output. It can be rate of force output, rate of force production. It can be stability. It can be endurance. It can be range of motion. You know, there's so many different ways. So there's going to be something there that I can find that doesn't hurt. And then we can continue to challenge that until we can find the next things that don't hurt and then keep, just keep going from there. Yeah. Just make sure that you have a basic understanding of the body first, that you're not going to put the client in harm's way. Right. Next thing you need to do is try something to see if it hurts and wind up hurting them. Uh, so yeah, well, you don't do there's, things there's at a hundred miles per hour, right? Yeah. You, you do things and you say, okay, well, if this is hurt, then yeah, if we did that at, at speed or at tempo or with load, then that's probably going to hurt even more. Yeah. You know? Makes sense. Um, is there like a full, I, the video looked like there was more at the end that I saw. Uh, yeah, there's definitely more. It's, it's about a two and a half minute video. It just talks a little bit about the process and where, kind of the evaluation. See the, uh, the full video? Uh, it's going to be on Facebook. I think the full video was posted on the VTFC Facebook. I just shared it on mine. Um, Chris Gores. I don't share much on Facebook these days, but I just I just shared that one. I'll probably tweet it out again today. Um, so, and it'll be on the VTFC website as well. Yeah. We'll make sure that we include a link, uh, in the, the bio or not the bio, the, uh, description of this podcast too. I'll, I'll find it and yep. uh, we'll put it up that way. Um, all right. Uh, this is awkward to do on the pod, but we had, we had teased Lorenzo. Yeah. Do, do we know if we're going to be able to catch up with Zoe this week? I'm going to try to catch up with him today. It's funny cause he left Buffalo to get out of the bad weather and it's snowing, snowing. here in, in Loudoun okay. County. So welcome. <laughs> yeah. But I'm going to catch up with him after this and then, um, We'll try to see if we can get him on the pod either later today or maybe tomorrow. Okay, so maybe there's an interview with – if there's 25 minutes left on this podcast, 
then there's an interview with Lorenzo Alexander coming. Yeah. <laughs> if not, then there's not, and this podcast is over. 